What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have our Sheffield recap. So we finally have it. We give our reactions. We give our hot takes of what was a fantastic meet. Uh, we were really looking forward to recording this because of how awesome the meet was. Uh, records were broken. Standout performances. Uh, we start with Jesus Oliveira's having, I think we're in unison, the best powerlifting meet of all time, best powerlifting performance. Uh, Evie Corrigan with the biggest, best, shocking powerlifting upset of all time, along with definitely the best sneak attack in powerlifting history. Surprise weight cut, shocked everyone, won the meet. Talk about her in great lanes. Also, the females as a whole, they had really overall, I think, the best showing. And then also we finish up the episode talking about the men's side as well. So tons of storylines, tons of content whole lot of stuff to talk about. And there's also good stuff to talk about too. Like even the negative stuff is sports related, negative drama stuff. So that's actually a, a you know, a, a something that we look forward to like a competitiveness drama as opposed to just drama, drama, which isn't very yeah, fun or interesting to talk about. Um, so yeah, subscribe to two white lights on Apple podcasts on Spotify, leave a five-star rating of both leave a review on Apple podcasts. Also go on two white lights.com subscribe there. And check out the shop. Make sure you are getting some Two White Lights merchandise. Use the promo codes that we have from all of our athletes. And make sure you are getting the new socks and beanies that we just dropped. And without further ado, here it is. Two White Lights. Oh, baby, I like it, boy. promise we are here finally with a Sheffield recap episode not as long as waiting for the Sheffield preview episode because technically that was three years yeah you had to wait a week you had to wait a week for this one but, well in uh, powerlifting in powerlifting time three days is about three years I mean with mm-hmm. recency bias like this may be out too late to people don't care about Sheffield anymore um, I don't know. Well, you say that, but like, I, to me, Sheffield is, I mean, it's, it's a fallout of a big meet, a big money meet, And of course, everyone wants to do it now. I knew, I knew it was going to happen. We have people like, all right, well, the IPF route is definitely within the sights here. And, uh, we're going to see how long they stick with that until the next big meet comes. But I, the reason for that is because it was a fantastic meet. Like, it's totally warranted. It was an awesome meet. Um, the live show itself looked amazing. Like that was one thing that I was watching it and I was watching people's Instagram stories and I'm like, the live stream does not do it justice. How cool it looks in there. How many people were in it, the energy, the music that was going on while they were lifting. That was amazing. Um, watching the live stream though. I mean, people were critical of it. Um, I think I think uh, people who are doing the live stream were critical of it as well, the audio issues, but still a very watchable live stream with very good video quality. Um, and also, God, you got to love that leaderboard. That leaderboard is 
so good. Just so good. Because I'm like, oh, great. I know what's happening in this meet. Yeah, there's nothing better than being able to follow along perfectly. And you can see everything going on. You know, when they're going for a world record, everything. So it was beautifully done. I agree, Angelo, because I saw some people actually posting their story. I was like, yo, I didn't know it looked like this. Like, I couldn't tell that from the live stream. Um, so it'd be cool if somehow, like, they could, like, show the crowd a little bit next time. Just, like, see the amazing venue. But it was incredible to watch regardless. The amount of world records broken was insane. And people really showed out and put their 100% in effort on that platform. Like, the woman by the end of the deadlifts are passing out. <laughs> But it was because they gave it literally their all, and it was just incredible. And, I mean, the meat was really, really good. It was great. Production great, lifting great. And I, I don't want to say we've seen things like it before, because I don't I don't think we, we haven't seen something like Sheffield. But the difference going in was the hype. Like, we've had other meats that had incredible lifting, but because there was basically no hype into it, the only thing that created any hype at all was the meat itself versus not only did the three-year gap of when it was supposed to happen help, but just like all that SBD did in building up everything and basing everything off of world records and creating like bios for the lifters and really highlighting the lifters. Everything about it led into the meat. And then when the meat played out pretty much about perfectly, it just lived up to the hype. Like there was so much hype to it and it lived up to the hype. And it was just, it was, it was about near perfect for what people were wanting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, and then also like just with the live stream itself. Um, and I think we're at a good sport, a part of powerlifting where the live stream is starting to look the same, which is good. Like that live stream was really good as was the Virginia pros live stream. And as was the Arnold this year with white lights media UK's live stream. And um, that meet that and the Colorado local, the, yeah, yeah, the Colorado local meat live stream, maybe the best one I ever seen. Which yeah, is so, great. Like, yeah, we're Sheffield's getting great. a norm. We're getting a norm yeah. here. We're not. We're not like competing with one another to get like who has the best live stream. It's like looks like we're at a point where we're getting a good live stream from everyone, and we get to actually just focus on why we're tuning in. Because I said it so many times. Whenever you're watching the Super Bowl or. Uh, the NBA finals. I mean, occasionally it comes up, but we're never talking about the camera angles that they're using. And, you know, I wish they would have shot more of the crowd. And I don't know. I couldn't really hear the commentators very well. Like no one really talks about that. Unless, unless of course they hate the commentator. You're never going to hear like, man, this commentator is great. They're going to say the commentator sucks. Um, so like, that's really the only difference. Like we're, I hopefully we're getting to a point in sport where people stop focusing on the live stream and we're watching the event, not for, how clear it is, but how good of lifting that we're seeing. And the stream's going viral right now for one singular shot because it was so epic when Gavin's walking off after the world record attempt at the time, and then it pans to Keiko. Like, that's going viral on TikTok right now. ESPN reposted it. I mean, that... I even showed my buddy tonight who has nothing to do with, oh yeah, it's going, it's it's got like millions of views on TikTok right now. So Uh, I even showed my buddy tonight who doesn't care about powerlifting, but is super into sports. I even showed him that and he was like, yeah, that was super cool. Like he's like, that even like gets me hyped a little bit. Yeah, that was, and yeah, you want to capture those shots too. And they, they did a good job of that. And yeah, that was uh, possibly the best like shot moment in powerlifting history. Nothing has been that perfect. The timing, 
the the actual like setting of it too, where Gavin just capped off an amazing meet, and then Keiko is right there waiting in the shadows. It was just like you couldn't direct it. Scorsese couldn't have directed that better. It was just it was perfect. Even just like the dark lighting made it better too. It was just like literally everything about it. The scenery was just on point. Yeah. I agree. Um, sorry, bad journalism. I said squat. It was on deadlift that happened. I said squat oh, there, but that was the, yeah, it wasn't was on a deadlift. deadlift. Bad journalism. I wasn't listening. I thought I didn't realize you said squat. So it's, it's all right. <laughs> we can't get canceled any more than we have this week, which we'll eventually get to. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, cancel is a very liberal use of the word cancel. More like a per one person headline. One person is stupid, and <laughs> and the headline. That's that's the headline. I, I, one person think- doesn't understand words. And, and, and stupid is an, stupid's an understatement. This may be an all-time new high that we have to create an award for specifically. We might, we might get an award being, being mean now as opposed to what we did on Two White Lights. But I, I, don't, I don't think it's mean <laughs> when someone tries to cancel you for being sexist for something that wasn't sexist. Oh, like, yeah, but bullying and stuff too. You, remember, Steve, you can get canceled for a wide variety of ways. You know, it just, now, it's, it's all encompassing. It's all encompassing. I'm ready. Let's, let's, let's get canceled. Yeah, let's right, do it. But actual Sheffield, what are we talking about? We got to start with the greatest powerlifting performance in history, and I'm saying it as a matter of fact, not an opinion. Jesus Alvarez. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I hate you. Uh, the one guy who surpassed Taylor Atwood as far as best powerlifting meets of all time goes. Um, I did not think that that could be broken. I th- we I think Steve and I both shared, and I think Solana as well, all of us shared that if Jesus Oliveras was able to break that total record, that may surpass him and Taylor Atwood. But the way he did it was the reason why I think is the best powerlifting performance ever. It's easily my favorite one that I've ever watched um, because everything was much-watched TV. Every single part. 1,600-900. He is a fucking man in a sport where there's a lot of boys. That's Jesus Oliveras. And he did it beautifully. He executed his lift beautifully. It just, and he did it with humility and grace, too. Like, unbelievable... Strap a fucking rocket ship to this guy and send him to the moon. Every federation, pay him money. Get him a part of your federation. SPD is already like, all right, you're doing Sheffield again next year. Good. Give this man all the money because he is going to be the face of powerlifting within the year. I think it. what makes it even better is like he came off of such a not-so-great world's meet where the judging – and everything just, like, didn't go great. And we were all a little nervous about that. And, like, to come in and, like, have undeniable depth to get all of his benches, to come in and get all of his deadlifts, last deadlift overturned, which was so epic. And we waited, like, five minutes. I hate, I hate it. I, shout out, big shout out to Grant Iverson because he was able to do that because he was able to get to this, you know. And it was it was meme-worthy, too, just him running, like, as fast yes. as possible. It's like, you don't need you, – you, you could get there at a leisurely pace and still challenge it. There's no, like, you know, there's not a 10-second timer. The guy ran a 40 time just to get to the get to the scores table. But I, that part took it out for me a little bit because we're sitting there just waiting. 
and waiting and like, where's the lights? And I didn't, I didn't like that because we had to wait for it. And I, I think it actually kind of took away the energy from the moment. But that has so nothing wish- to do with like the performance itself. I mean. Yes. I wish we had seen the lights, but you actually heard the commentary say like, oh, okay, it's not a good lift. Like decently fast. You just had to be listening for it because there were no lights. And then we had, yeah, we didn't wait like three minutes to be told like, oh, it was overturned. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah it was- definitely did make it kind of weird, but. When he, when he locked, when he, uh, yeah. I mean, even if, even if he didn't hit that, I would have still call it the greatest performance of all time. Even be, I mean, I had we'd already said set precedent on the show. If he breaks Ray Williams' record, it was the greatest performance ever. And, and like, he went he, above and beyond. Like I, yeah, we talked about how like I, these numbers were possible, but under all the circumstances, it was it was an if if it would happen between the travel and between the IPF judging. It wasn't a matter of does he have the strength? Is like all the variables line up and. He went above and beyond. Like it was, he not only did he break Ray Williams' record, he destroyed it. And I mean, you can, I could say he destroyed Dan Bell's record. Like he's literally the strongest human being that's ever walked this planet, and he's natural on a stiff bar, traveling to another country across this across an ocean with a, with the strictest judging. Like it was, I, I don't, I don't think there is any argument that anyone's ever had a better meet. Like the only only one ever that can be plausibly close is John Hacks. Uh, 661 dots, but I, I don't think under the same circumstances I could say that because he didn't have to go under through the same type of variables. Mm-hmm. Like and the record, there's no, was Wilkes, there's no Wilkes in the jungle. Oh, word. very good point. <laughs> I've been there. The, there's no Wilkes. The, there. the record was 1105, guys. Like he hit 1152.5. Like it was a yeah, because I <laughs> agree. Second. Second attempt deadlift, I was like, this is the best powerlifting performance I've ever seen, and I think it's the best powerlifting performance of all time. That third deadlift just puts a stamp on it. It just It's a, it's like a notarized stamp that it was the best performance. I've, I mean, and this is, this is like, Jesus Salaveras is the guy who cuts right through the, like, the formula stuff. I do not care about formula. I don't think, honestly, and like it's got to be from him because you tell me a guy squatting a thousand pounds, benching six hundred, nine hundred in a meet, and then you're going to tell me a guy who, like who does a fraction of that, and it's like, oh, this guy has a better, the best meet ever. Like, no, these are landmark numbers that he hits. Like, I uh, the, the the description of it is like even the powerlifters, it's amazing. But then you talk to a regular person. They're like, that's not human. You can't do these things unless you're on steroids, which makes you superhuman. And he didn't do that. He squatted a K. Benching 600 pounds, to me, is just absurd. To me, to me, that's just <laughs> ridiculous. And the 900-pound deadlift, I mean, we've been seeing, you know, over plus 900-pound deadlifts, 1,000-pound deadlifts happen on the untested side. We haven't seen a 900-pound deadlift on the untested side in a full-power meet. It, I mean, there's not enough words to describe how incredible that was. It's just, it was single-handedly greatest powerlifting performance of all time, and I think this is going to catapult him in being the face of powerlifting because he has every single thing that you need. You see Jesus Oliveira's walk into an airport, or in my circumstance, go into a sushi restaurant, everyone is looking at him because you're like, that guy is strong, and I don't even know that. I'm just looking at him. And guess what? 
He is strong. Go up to him and ask him how much he lifts. He can say 1,000 pounds on squat, 600 pounds on bench, and 900 pounds on deadlift, and people's heads would not be able to grasp that information. And also, he's just a devilishly handsome guy, too. He's got a well-kept beard. He's groomed nicely. He's articulate. He's smart. He's, uh, he's, he's, um, he, he's, he's humble, too. He shows a lot of humility, but level of confidence. Telling you, USAPL, throw money at him. Make it, put him on salary. IPF, put him on salary. WRPF, put him on salary. USPA, put him on salary. Pay this man. That third one is the one. So he is going to be the face of powerlifting because I see no reason why he's slowing down. He's only 23. Like, that's the same. Like, when we're we're talking about Ray in his prime, he wasn't 23. Jesus has got years ahead of him. There is a matchup that would be likely, if we're talking about putting powerlifting as as in as many households as possible, it will not be in USAPL or IPF, in my opinion. It would be whatever needs to be sanctioned to have Jesus versus Thor versus Dan Bell in the same meet. And the big thing there is making sure Thor's in it. Because let's be honest, like, I mean, if you were talking about someone who's in powerlifting, there's not a single person in the entire world who has more outreach than Hathor Bjornsson. Yeah. yeah like, that's, that's what we need to see. Yeah. That's a very, I want to see that. that. That's a pay-per-view. That is a pay-per-view. And it's also thinking outside the box. That's, that's, uh, I, I know you were, you were, uh, you were discussing that with me at a point. I'm like, yeah, I, I can't see any fault there. And, um, those are l- larger than left personalities too. Like that's where I'm looking at. Hey Zeus. And we all know, you know, the mountain and Dan Bell too is a larger than life guy. He's a, one of those blue collar kind of guys. And Jesus Oliveira has got that blue collar about him too, but it's, Everyone will appreciate that. There's not a single person well, in the world who's like, this is lame. I'd rather see a 75 kilo lifter lift. No, it no brings in all fans too. It brings in yep. the drug tested side. It brings in untested and it brings in strongman. It yep. would literally bring in everyone, everyone. to watch it. That's There's yeah, only one power lifter who got a special on ESPN to watch him deadlift. And that's Thor. I legitimately think that well, would be the way to get an ESPN broadcast. It's Thor versus Dan Bell. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. Also, um, you know, this guy was also on ESPN interviewing bench only lifters. So there's that too. Yeah. The more You're the there. more we say it, the worse it gets. So I'm going to stop talking. It's like we just we <laughs> just got from downhill. yeah because we, we we started with the guy who's on um, a critically acclaimed HBO show, uh, and then like then we dropped down to a bench only meet that was raw, pretty solid. I mean, you know, there was a misload of 25 kilos, but yeah. it was raw. And then, then there's the a multiply. Guy. Then there's a multiply bench only meet that that I uh, commentated. So, yeah, like, but I do agree though. Like, I, I think I think a lot of people would pick this up. I, not just ESPN. I think a lot of people would pick this up. A lot of people would um, relish at that opportunity. It would put powerlifting, I think, onto the mainstream, and I, I, I do think you need a super heavyweight doing it because it just it cuts right through everything. It and super heavyweights are interesting to everyone. In powerlifting, there's this thing like, and, and I don't know if you guys don't know this, like supplement companies and clothing companies. Like, okay, well, the bigger guys they're harder to market because you know powerlifters are a lot. A lot of us are small. Jesus doesn't have a lot of competition no, because... Speak for yourself. I'm not small. Yeah. 
Yeah, you double down on the string cheese. So we got the double packs. So I had uh, someone right at, I had I had you. someone at the local I had someone at the local meet I was at this week and call me string cheese. So it's catching on. Well, summer's uh, summer can't come any sooner because you were looking. Yeah, you were looking mozzarella string cheese with that skin complexion right now. Thank you. Got the you gun were, going. Yeah, I got the gun showing. I can't really see because it's like glaring. Two white lights. Two white lights, as they say. <laughs> I, I am the white. I'm, two, in, I'm the, the two white. white. I'm, in, I'm <laughs> the two white and the two white lights. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say, like, if you say that, like, in a wrong way, like, you say that a little bit wrong, it's like, okay, then we do actually have to cancel two white lights. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just the way you could say it, but uh, uh, we, where was we, I we stay away from voluptuous lips on this podcast. Yes, we do. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that didn't get him canceled, so I guess we're good. Um, but well, yeah, I'll, throw, like, I'll th- continue. Continue. I was going to throw. So, talking about Jesus, I I don't know if we want to bring it up now or when we're going to talk about it, but I'm going to be honest that I think Sheffield lucked out that Jesus won. I because was saying in, that. in, mm. in, in in no, in no scenario, can Jesus do what he did and not be the winner of the meet. And because of how it played out, he did win, so it looks great. If and I don't know if we want to talk about it all about it right now, but like if you use good lift score, which fortunately they didn't, Jesus is fourth place. Mm-hmm. That look that doesn't make sense. Like you, you can't have a meet where the person has the greatest performance in powerlifting history doesn't win. And I do worry next year about that like he may not win because the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is is adding 20 or 30 kilos to that high of a total percentage wise is less than if taylor comes back and hits 810 to 820 which mm-hmm. is still below his best taylor could come in and win with what we consider not even his best performance his second best beat jesus lift or third and, third best meet of his life jesus could have even a better performance and win it but uh do we just want to get into it now well, as far as getting into what, like the woman's the side scoring and system. the scoring. No opinions. Opinions on scoring system. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm bringing um, it up, I guess. There we can do. So, it. I'll, okay, I'll just go into it because Jesus speaks for himself. Like it was the greatest performance ever. I'm still in shock and awe. And like I said, I, I think they're lucky that because of how it played out, he won. The scoring system's interesting. Uh, I think it's genius in a way, because it puts everything based around world records. And that's that's really good marketing. It's really good marketing to have everything based around world records, whether it's just for powerlifters, for people tuning in. It makes a lot of sense. Everyone's going for world records. But the fact of the matter is, is the, the actual best lifter may not win in the meet, which when we get to the women's side, it's debatable. Like uh, Evie had an amazing meet, but if we're going off of any other coefficient scores, she wouldn't have won. And I don't know. I just, we'll have to see how we, we talked about this already on two white lights. Cause we said we kind of wanted to hold reserve judgment and it, it, it worked pretty well. I just wonder how it's going to work in the future because in every scenario that Jesus continues to beat this world record, I can't imagine him not winning whatever meet he's in. Like it doesn't make sense for him not to win, but like in the future he may not because it's based off a of percentage of total and it tends to help those in weight classes who have disproportionately lower world record totals. I do agree with that, but we don't know how they're doing it next year, right? It's still up in the air. I mean, as far as I know, that's the plan. 
Okay. Yeah, nothing, nothing psychically up in the air because they haven't said it's up in the air. So, but I, I'm just but the thing is, I don't. Rules. While I'm critiquing it, I don't think they have a better option because good lift score is horrible. Good lift score is worse. It's a it's a horrible coefficient score. Like you can't use it. I think dots. If I was to rank everyone on dots, I think that was a great way to rank everyone. But they can't use dots because that's not what the IPF uses. So I, I think they're going to have to keep using it. I just I, I I do wonder in the future how long people will. How, how it'll go. I, I have a lot of different opinions on like, will it keep people interested who are actually like the best lifters, but can't win because world record totals are disproportionate. I don't know. It's very, very, it's very, very interesting. It just, it worked out really well that Jesus won because if he didn't win, um, it would have been very odd to look at this performance as the greatest in history, yet he didn't win. And that is a plausible scenario in the future. Yeah, I do agree with that. And also, like, you see it more so on the woman's side. Um, I think, like, one person to point out would be, like, the way Amanda, how she got fourth place, but, like, had an insane performance and broke her squat, deadlift, and total record. And if you look at, like, how much she beat it by, it's just, like, kind of weird to see her getting fourth in this scenario. Um, obviously, Evie did incredible. We'll talk about that soon. But it did just make some stuff weird. Also, like, lighter weight classes kind of get an easier take with this. So, we'll just we'll yeah, see. There's, there's, just, there's always going to be some classes. <laughs> like, I mean, frankly, the fifth, I mean, I'm hopping ahead to what we're talking about with Evie. The 52 kilo class is disproportionately low. Like, if you looked at the, let me look at the records real quick. I got them pulled up here. Like, the world record total for 47 kilos was 426.5. The world record total with 52 kilos is 438. And the world record total for 57 was 495.5. There, there was a big gap there where the 52s just hadn't kind of proportionately gotten their world record totals to fit in line, which is exactly why Evie cut down. It was genius. It was an incredible strategy for her because she saw the benefit of the fact that the 52 kilo total was disproportionately lower. Now in the future, that may not happen. We're going to see that with other weight classes. Like frankly, I think the 69 kilo weight class total uh, or no 70. All right. No. Yeah. 69 kilo. Cause the 63 is higher than the 69 AKA why Leah went up, but she unfortunately was injured. The 69 kilo class is disproportionately low. We'll see things like this. Like you're going to see the, these fluctuations of disproportionately low weight class world records. And then that kind of dictating who could win each year. So, but like I said, at the same time, I don't think there's a better system because good lift score sucks as well as marketing wise. It's pretty genius to put everything based off of world records. Like it, it makes a lot of sense, but uh, I'm, I'm holding complete judgment on it until we see it in the future. But my biggest point is just the fact that like Jesus winning, in my opinion, made sure this meet lived up to the hype because if Jesus didn't win because of the system and it could happen in future years, it wouldn't look good. I would have been so pissed off if Taylor totaled 800 kilos and beat Jesus. Well, he wouldn't have been able to do 800. He would have needed. Well, yeah, like in that probably... in, in that range, right? I, I just would have been like just mad, just because of the sheer amount of weight that Jesus lifted, and that's kind of the problem powerlifting does run into. And I, I, I do appreciate SBD and the people involved making the scoring system because one thing it did do, it made every single moment of the meet that much more exciting. Like, bench is usually low. Well, not this time. We get to watch bench, and we are looking at their openers like, okay, 
well, their opener, based on how it moved, they'll see if the record is in play for them. And also, when they're trying to get their totals in, the bench, you know, they had to hit all three of their benches. We saw that with uh, where I was really focused on was Delaney. It's like, yeah, he's got to hit every single lift. If he doesn't hit every single lift today, he could be, his day could be over before he, uh, you know, puts a deadlift in, a deadlift opener in. So that stuff, like, added a more compelling aspect to the meet. So I did like that. People have been toying with um, having the field every two years, which I, I don't I don't mind that. Um, oh, and the big thing for me is not even the scoring for one. It's um, – I, I just know how – powerlifters could be – could get bored pretty quickly about things, right? Like all the big meets that people look forward to when I started powerlifting, they all kind of went away. Like current U.S. Open, people are like, well, that meet's gone. And then at a point, it's just like it's not as exciting as the first two years. Um, so I and like the Arnold, for example, the Arnold is something that I look forward to. But I think Parles are just like, yeah, we see it every year, so we're used to it, and we've seen it so many times. We know what the Arnold looks like. We know what this the the venue looks like, and you know it's cool, but it's just not as cool as the first few times you've done it. Um, Sheffield, I think, is going to get better, but I think there's going to be a point where it's like okay, we got to do something new here. And I think potentially um, there could be rule changes, you know, incorporated. And I think the forward thinkers at SBD are going to do that. And that's a great thing about this. It's not the IPF and the USAPL. It's forward thinkers in SBD, like young minds actually being like, this is how you grow the sport. And this is how you get more people involved. So I'm, I'm very optimistic in that. But I think potentially to every two years could, to get, could get people excited and take that year and build the hype for it and maybe um you know reset some of these world records too fyi taylor if he did 825 he would have won okay. so well it's just so respectable what, but but do you think 825 beats 1152 no 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 i 838 doesn't beat 1152 in my mind i don't agree i agree too it's just I sheer mean, strength <laughs> yeah it just sheer strength and it's you know it's uh uh, it's yeah the the formula. I mean the formulas itself. Like and I think we're, we we got to definitely transition here because I don't think anyone wants to listen to this. Talk. They want hot takes, not formula talk. But formulas itself are inherently like not really sport friendly. That's why we have weight classes. The weight classes make it more of a sport, right? That's that's why we have weight classes. So I wouldn't have to compete against Jesus Oliveras. I would compete against guys my size. So inherently, that's going to cause problems. Um, and I, I do think this system, you know, works in a sense that, you know, at least there's a chance there. And, yeah, the possibly the best thing that happened is Taylor did shit the bed. And then we did get to see and We don't have to have this stupid-ass talk of who's better, Taylor Atwood or Jesus Oliveras, when it's like it's clearly Jesus. Like it's – I don't think there's a, you know uh, – I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that it's Jesus, uh, but yeah, like C said, like it, it could, uh, it could have been the best thing to happen to this meet. It's just that. Yep. Well, is it a transition there? I mean, we'll come back and forth because but I think there's some other storylines on the men's side, but before men's side, we had to talk about the person who took advantage of the formula and the greatest sneak attack of all time. Biggest yeah. upset, maybe shock, which, which one are we allowed to use? Shock, upset. Be careful. That's not okay. Shock is not okay. Shock is shock. very offensive to lightning victims. Yes. Uh, upset. It is 
Evie upset. Corrigan, everyone had her in 12th. Everyone. Yeah. If you that's if you tell me I know. If this the, if you tell me you had Evie winning, that's like you saying I'm wearing a Purdue jersey right now. That's like saying you had uh uh Fairly Dickinson beating Purdue. Well, like you, you didn't. I, no, the, the only have, only people who did is people who root for Fairly Dickinson. That's the only people. Probably the only people who had Evie Corrigan winning the same are Evie's friends. And maybe people who like her. Coach. Maybe just because. I, well, like, yeah. like, throw, I would say, maybe, yeah. Throwing you your, throw your friend. friends into the bus. Yeah, you can be my friend, but like, I'm sorry. If I don't think you're going to win, I'm not going to be like, yeah, first place now. <laughs> because frankly, I mean, I had an argument with someone in the DMs about this. If you told me she was going 52, I still don't know if I would have picked, I would have picked Noemi. I wouldn't have thought well, that Evie could hold on to the strength this way. Yeah, I, that's it was unreal. That too. That was... And this is, and this was a great. I mean, it's like, and all, it's like these two, one, two wild cards won, and then it's like, thank God for this because you had Jesus, you know, capitalizing and winning, but then you had Evie waking up in the morning. It's early in the morning when Sheffield starts, and then I get the message for Brad Couliard of that she's going to fifty-two kilos, and I'm like immediately, I'm like, well, that's something. That's something to talk about here. And I'm like, I wonder how this goes because I think I was definitely. I'm like, this is not going to go well. Every time somebody's like, yeah, we're, they're doing a cut down to a weight class, and I'm like, mm, don't like the sound of that. Usually, know what happens when you have a weight cut when you cut weights, and you know you're you're typically competing at the weight class above. Typically, leads to poor performances, especially with all what I've seen on the untested side. Like, just people doing these cuts to help their formula. But Evie held on to everything. Held on to her strength completely. It's just like, you're on mute. You're on, you're mute. on mute. You're on mute. God damn it. Sorry. I, yeah, there we go. Sorry. Um, I would like to know if there was a sneak attack on Instagram captions, too. And if that was strategic. Because... This is the only time a sneak attack worked. What? But like, me and Solana... We read the same things. Like the Instagram captions she was posting were not very positive. Oh yeah, <laughs> like straight up. It like, was. That's it wasn't. I haven't been squatting. I've been hurt. Wasn't a good day. Like again, no. I, I. I. If that was strategic too, this is amazing, and this is this is transcending powerlifting in the sense of strategy. Yeah, like that's. I mean, even if that's not, it's still incredible. But if that was also part of the strategy. Like, touche, that was incredible. That, uh, we always say people post your lifts and, like, tell us what you're doing. This may have been the one time where someone proved us wrong that, eh, yeah, don't post your lifts and don't act <laughs> like you know what you're doing and act, yep. like, act like you are training's going terrible. Because when I, I had to do, like, a triple take when I was looking at lifting casts uh, because I was like, how, how, how in the world is she nominated? Because she was first from the get-go. Like, she never, ever lost the lead, I don't think. I think she was first after squat, first after bench, first after deadlifts. But that's what insane. we're saying. Like, nine so crazy. Yeah, that's what I know, we're looking at, about. I mean, another thing, another thing, too, she did amazing of. Uh, the first thing, uh, so let me caveat a little bit. I, I watched, but I didn't watch. I was handling at a local meet, but one, I only had one person I was handling. So I had my phone and looking at lifting casts occasionally. And two, uh, one of my buddies had a laptop in the back, so we were watching when we could. Um, and had some free time. But, uh the initial thing I said, and I messaged our little group chat, Angelo, is I said, the women are opening up too heavy. Mm-hmm. You did. I said, I am looking at too many of these women and knowing what their bests are, and they're too heavy. And 
I Evie's coach, I'm sorry for getting your name because I saw the story shared. Uh, he had said something about how they weren't really paying attention to everyone else. They were just, we're going to hit our lifts. Too many other people, I think, had numbers and other people in mind and messed themselves up. I still don't know if they could have beat Evie, but Evie played it perfect, which was just hit your lifts and then come that final deadlift, do what you need to, because that's what you have to do in a coefficient score meet, albeit that this isn't a coefficient score, but it's a formula. It's it's, it's not just straight up weight class battles. You, you can't plan other than just hitting your lifts and seeing how it plays out at the end. And she played it perfect. She just hit lift. She was eight for eight. She put what she needed on her third deadlift, forced Naomi's hand, and then no one else was even within reach at that point because everyone else was missing lifts. I don't think anyone else. I mean, other than Amanda, a lot of other than Amanda, oh. Amanda and uh, Bonica, I think went nine for nine. Yes, you did. Um, but everyone else, because honestly, I mean, we talked about Amanda being in the running, but honestly, with where Evie finished, I don't think Amanda had, I mean, that's outside of the the realm of her getting to probably 105%. I think Noemi, Jad, um, and Joy, uh, maybe Carlina, obviously Carlina didn't have a perfect day, but they were in the running, but they just didn't have perfect days. Jod missed two benches. I think Noemi, she missed her third deadlift. I don't, I don't think she missed anything else. And then Joy missed her third deadlift and then her third squat. Evie just hit lifts. Jesus, just hit lifts. Keiko, hit lifts. Gavin. They didn't open They didn't open too heavy. They didn't extend yeah. themselves. They hit lifts. Delaney, yeah. Delaney, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of people <laughs> playing the was, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, the men, the men's side, the men's side was much better in my opinion with attempt selection. When I was looking side, at it, I was like, I was like, the men's side. When I saw the initial attempts for the openers, I was like, everyone's playing it smart. The yeah. women's side, I was like, some people are trying to reach, and we saw exactly who was trying to reach and didn't pan out from that. Well, the men's side, but also the uh, the coaches too. A little bit of a correlation there between, I think, um, the. The, the coaches that you predominantly see in these big matchups knowing what to do at the moment. Now, whether it be they're in the warm-up room or holding up signs and, you know, doing it from the actual crowd, um, which, can I say that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we can say that, right? Yeah, because that was happening. Yeah, apparently there was, uh, there was a lot of I don't coaches. think anyone can get banned anymore. Yeah. They're already banned, but yeah. yeah like, well, I, don't, I don't know what the – I mean, really – I, I don't know what would be uh but it was that's the funniest thing ever that it's like they're just in the crowd holding up numbers and stuff and doing it and you know they were right and they were they were calling it uh perfectly and I think there there could be a difference of coaching on the international side and I think the people with the more experienced coaches uh were able to have better meets and um I, I think we saw that because I think the strategy the like the smart strategy at least is to hit your lifts and um you know, put yourself in position to put something up on the bar for your for your ninth attempt that can win, and that was definitely Evie's side. And um, you know, didn't need a subscription service to uh, you know sneak from the opponent like uh, other lifters do. She's just able to not post her stuff and actually play strategy to her advantage. And um, yeah, I'm still kind of shocked about it. Not gonna lie. Just saying it like just like I this is not the recap I was expecting. I was not yeah, expecting it was... to talk about a weight uh, a weight class change and Evie Corrigan winning like those two things. I just was not um, thinking about. Yeah, no, I think it, undoubtedly it, it was it was the biggest upset ever because it was not only upset to win she also beat Noemi. Yeah, head to head battle for the weight class and 
uh, Evie is currently nominated as a 52 kilo for Worlds as well. Well, I saw the I saw the New Zealand roster, and she is going in as a 52. I'm no coach. I'm no coach, but I think that's a smart move. I think it might be as well. I think it's yes. a good idea. <laughs> I think I think we've seen something that she could really do some great things at that weight class. And yeah, and, and a cause are really like I thought. I I might have said this on the previous show that Naomi was alone in her weight class, so like competing against other people was kind of difficult, similar to Delaney, where he had no other 83s. And and she made a great weight class battle out of that. Like that was the battle I was watching the entire day. And it was perfect. It was it was a great change at the last moment there and made everything that much more interesting. And I mean watching the female because I mean that's what you start the day with are the females and it was it was Tiffany Capone's second squat where she missed. I'm like this is going to be a great meet because you have the opportunity to see lifters come back after you know missing a world record attempt or second attempt, and then going back on the third and hitting them. That's what Tiffany did, and you know you saw Joy grind out some massive squats. Um, I'm like, this meet is just going to be amazing. It's like it's you just know that like just within the second attempts, and it started with the females. We got to see Joy riding equipment. That shocked yeah. me. My, it my looks, jaw's on the floor. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. You can tell because it was a very strange equipment choice. Too. It was. <laughs> like, it didn't look aesthetically The uniform? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's <laughs> like this, that was me my first, that was me my first USAPL meet. Whereas, um, Mark Bell, knee sleeves, a wrestling singlet, and then the cop tee. It's like, that was, like, nothing was really matching. Everything was all over the place. Like, Joy, I'm like, okay, you can kind of tell that Joy doesn't wear equipment based on her equipment selection there. You gotta love it, though. I did. And she did get five kilos on her squat, and she competed a week prior to that. So I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree the there. Week prior, the week prior worked for her. Didn't work for, what, Kyoto? Yushiyama? Yeah, it did, yeah. yeah it I was well actually... Like, I was upset because he went balls to the wall a week out. Like, beat second place by way more than he needed. Like, he intentionally went way over, beat the world record, just to come into Sheffield and, like, have a bad day and not get the world record delivery accounted. And when I watched him do that at his nationals, I was like, what was the purpose? What's going on here? Yeah, and you I was know like, what? maybe he'll have the best taper in the world again. You know, no. you, you know <laughs> what? Like, what the so so many things that I mean, especially with Sheffield, we've seen crazy ass things, right? Like Evie being one of them. At this point, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what lifters are capable of. You, I thought I had it kind of figured out, but I'm like thinking maybe he's cracked the code of competing, going balls to the wall, and then going into a bigger competition and doing better. I was like, I don't want to be the guy on the wrong side of history. I was once saying that you shouldn't compete regularly, and Celine Crumb proved that kind of wrong. Like, I don't know anything else to believe anymore. But also, I respect that way, way more than someone sandbagging me. Just out their world record. I understand the strategy of sports, but I respect it. You're always going to have my respect if you go and compete at your nationals and kick ass. I mean, that's 5,000 pounds, but okay. You know what? I respect this. Yes. That's pounds, a lot of pounds and not euros. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Steve. Yes, Steve. Yes. Thank you. Bad journalism. <laughs> well, I could have corrected you too. 
I'm going to throw it out there because I have some bias since we're right on the women's side. We are setting up for some fun weight class battles. Mm-hmm. The women's Edie side versus Noemi, great. we're already talking mm-hmm. about. And then, God. biased, are we going to have the greatest, maybe maybe first really ever three-way battle in the 57-kilo women with Jod coming in at 503, Natalie coming in at 501.5, and Joy at 500? Have we, have we yes. ever had something? And then you yeah. got Bobby Butters around like 45. Have, you, have we ever had that, ever, in the history and of powerlifting? No. Not been as clear. I, I, and also with the level of excitement from those lifters. All of them bring the excitement level to an absolute 10, right? Like Natalie, I mean, it was unfortunate. I'm sure she doesn't want to be exciting for this reason because of her performance at nationals. But, you know, you had that happen. You had that happen and she's got a massive deadlift. Joy, she's a big deadlifter. Everyone loves a big deadlifter. Everyone loves, you know, the final pull of the day. God came out of nowhere at at Worlds and was able to push it on all those lifts and actually possibly could be the biggest deadlifter in that weight class now too. And then Bobby Butters, Bobby Butters is incredibly intense as well and and, and sticks around, sticks around in these competitions because last year that's exactly what he was just sticking around. He had a, what's that called? Shark's blood and and rounders. Yeah, he had shark's blood. They just couldn't, or alligator's blood. I've, I've probably fucked up that line, but alligator's blood. Like that's that's what you're saying. And I agree, Steve. You can be getting one of the best female matchups of all time, and then on top of that, you get seventy sixes as well at Worlds. Yeah, uh, and seven, it's gonna seven, be better for Worlds at seventy sixes because yes, they didn't they didn't have great days, but they get to compete well, against each other on total. I think they did have good days. I, I disagree. Just Agata with the. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Agatha yeah. was. Well, Agatha, they, no, Agatha, right. they had didn't great have a good days, day. But yeah, it was. They're, Car- they're at the Carlina. Carlina kind of screwed them all by having yeah. too good of a day at New I Zealand. Was about to say. Uh, Nash or not? It was a Commonwealth or New Zealand. It was Commonwealth. Carlina had too good of a day because if Carlina doesn't do that, we're talking about Carlina. I think being top three or four, two. I'm trying to think back to what the world record total was, and if she hits five ninety three, like five ninety three is incredible. It's just the fact that she did the 600, I don't want to say locally, but within less travel, as well as uh, there was some kind of criticism of, of judging not being as strict there. Carlina and Jessica killed it. The only thing is, is it goes back to a little bit of the scoring system kind of uh, uh, hurt them. Like if we're mm-hmm. use dots, I think dots yeah. is the best metric. If we're using dots, Carlina gets third. And Jessica gets one, two, three, four, five, six. Jessica gets seven. Which, in my opinion, that, in my opinion, like if you're talking about like actual like best lifters, that makes sense. I think Carlina was one of the top three best lifters this meet. It just doesn't show. And it looks like she didn't do well because of the scoring system for her. And that's just kind of where we're going to, we're going to see things jockey back and forth based off of where world record totals are. Something else that kind of kills me is, like, looking back at that third squat, I, I understand it. It's just, like, that would have literally gotten her above the world record total, that squat. And they called her for up and down. I was like, my heart. What did you guys think about that attempt? Yeah. I Up and down, to me, is the most difficult thing to call. It looks like a stall. But same, thing with Keiko, same thing so. with Keiko's. Same thing with Keiko's. It's one of those, like, it's one of the, because this is, I mean, Steve, you brought up, this is why the rule shouldn't exist because of this exact reason. Uh, Like, watching Keiko, I erred to the side of the judges at real time, 
And then trying to overturn it, it's like, well, how do you have definitive evidence that a person didn't go up and down when usually the up and down is never pronounced, right? They're not like, you know, like just going super, like just pronounced going forward then up. Like it's usually a grinder and it doesn't help you at all to go up and down on the lift. So I don't know. Like the only time I absolutely disagree with it is if I just flat out don't see it. You know what I mean? Like, there's either, like, there's no, if it's a grinder, I'm like, I could see it. Of course, the bar can go down a little if you're, if you're grinding out a squat. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's my take, at least on at her squat and along with Keiko's squat. Um, yeah, I, I do think with the 76s, they got swept under the rug a little bit because of what happened with Naomi and, uh, Evie. And then just, you know, the, the grand scheme of Sheffield as a whole. Um, and of course, I mean, well, this is IPF, IPF. IPF being IPF shit, Agata's meat is pretty much ruined because she couldn't hit best steps. Right? Yep. I mean, yeah, but you have to sh- no, I don't I don't thing. I don't know I don't know if she was on in the first place. It seemed but like maybe the, bench yeah. was the only thing she was going for, but it but really hurt her because the fact that yeah, bench depth. She had to change but no, but it hurt Jod just, too, didn't it? Didn't Jod get called on depth on her second attempt and then so, missed it on strength on her third? Is anyone watching their lifts and being like, this has to stop? No, no one is doing that. <laughs> no. I, I hate to turn this into bench a bench step. step thing. It's so stupid. And the, this is why it's so stupid. Changing your bench grip on meat day is not a good thing to do. It's not right. like, oh, you know what? Lifters have to adapt on the day. No, you can't adapt on the day when it comes to that stuff. That stuff it, is going to fuck you up on, what, on the day. It just What's hit me, dumber? though. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Sarlana. It just hit me. Okay, I remember now. First attempt, she actually skipped the press command, too. That was the second red light. Uh, second attempt, she just failed it. Because I believe she changed up her her grip. Yes, but she shouldn't have because the first attempt. <laughs> but she got called. No, this is no. But they called her on depth too, correct? Yes, one by car for depth. Okay, for skipping so the there depth. you go. But there you go. You get a call for depth. If it was two on okay. the press command, I have no problems with it. You okay. got a call. This is where the the depth call. Is stupid because no one is watching her depth, being like, "This has to change." Powerlifting okay. is a joke. No, no one's what, saying that. What's, what's changing that? Dumber. Is what's dumber? Bench depth or biggest upset being sexist and demeaning? Oh this god, is a hard which one? one? Which one? What, yeah, which one? Uh, um, one could be I, solved in a five-second Google search on on what the definition of upset means. And bench depth is. There's a lot of people who agree with it. I so can't I'm think go... Google because no one no one knows what bench depth is. Yeah, exactly. So Gaston doesn't know what bench depth is. Bench, well, he bench depth. Is... Bench Better depth question. A... Better question. Bench... Biggest upset in powerlifting being sexist demeaning or benching with a flat as flat a back possible. That's a debate. That's I was going to say what's, what's I was going to say what's more confusing, bench depth or the definition of event in Article 14. I was, man, we're, we're on the yeah. same page here. I was about to say, like, I know Steve's going to bring up Article 14 and event. Uh, I, I, I like the way you think there. Uh, yeah, yes. and I, we've been spending too much time together because I knew you were going to say that. Um, yeah. All right, well, we're on the women. We already, Solana, I already mentioned this. Amanda Lawrence went off. Amanda Lawrence Incredible. had the most underrated meat of the, underrated meat, because yeah. no one is talking about how amazing she Be- did. No one. Because, no, I mean, because she got fourth, it, it doesn't seem like, it seemed like she had a good meet, but not amazing. Like it was, if this was at Worlds, we'd be talking about one of the top two performances of all time in female history. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this, it's, it's, this is 1A with Leah's 1B from the Arnold, Europe. Yeah, and we're 50 minutes in and we're just talking about it now, right? So that's like, that, that is, I mean, I guess the con of the meat because Amanda Lawrence, her deadline is 591, correct? Yeah. Yep. That is yep. not being discussed as much as it should. What's the next closest deadlift to that? On the women's side, it's got to be, well, it's yeah. Jessica's, uh, Jessica hit that 570-something at Worlds, but she hit 556 at this meet. Is that the highest female? I believe so. Carlina hit 551. Jessica hit 556. 591, so- knocking at the door of 600 pounds natty. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> and I honestly thought... I mean, I think she's well-rounded, obviously, but... I think Amanda's got more. I don't know the reason why, but I mean, her bench showed up and her deadlift showed up. Her squat, honestly, in training was the best it's been in a long time. She was hitting 560 something. I mean, that looks like based off of attempt selection, they thought that would be there. It sounds like squat just wasn't perfect on the day. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't perfect. I mean, if, if she's able to hit a 550 to 560 squat, then we're talking about her beating the Minnesota local meet and probably highest good lift score of all time in a 600 dots. I think really just her second attempt kind of messed her up because it moved slower, but it still broke the record. And they only added they added two point five kilos and it moved faster than the second. So I think just like the second attempt kind of messed her up because she was I saw that I was like oh you had at least like five more kilos in there like that was like really smooth. Mm-hmm. And she broke her squat and deadlift record twice in the same meet like that's wild and the total record. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, because uh, I think somebody did ask me, I wasn't able to ask, answer the question of what was the most underrated meets. I would say by by far it was her. Um, that is just way under the radar for what she did. I would go second Delaney maybe. Um, even though, I think on the women's side, though, there were just so many really good performances that, uh, I mean, when you don't Bonica. win, you don't win. Yeah. Bonica, Bonica I, when you don't, excellent when you don't win, you don't win. So it's like, it's hard. Yeah. Like on the women's side, eight women Broke the world record totals. Uh, 12. Yeah, even Tiffany Chapone. I don't think her attempt selection was great. I think she opened too heavy, which is why she missed a bunch of lifts. But she still broke her total. I, was, I wasn't I was expecting that based off of two things. One, where she opened. But two, seemingly she had a really big weight cut by how much she had the sauna the day before. I mean, she had a... I mean, so, and Leah could barely even squat like a month ago. And still mm-hmm. broke the world record total. Yeah. I think I heard she had like three weeks of training. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, when I saw her come out and break the roller squat, I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. You're going to come yeah, out after I mean, the, and just freaking... The women's side was insane, which we knew. We knew. We've already talked about it. The IPF has kind of become the women's federation, and USAPL is somewhat the, the men's federation to an extent. But the women were insane. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think... I mean... Probably ten of the twelve had like all time perform not all time but like fantastic, fantastic performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I it's struggling to find like a bad meet too. Like I don't know if anyone had like a like that meet wasn't good. Like and you, you know you expect it though from Sheffield, right? Like these are like these are the best of the best. These are, this is the 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 cream of the crop. So you, you expect them to know what they're doing on the platform and, and hit their lifts. Uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it was an embarrassment of 
riches on the female side as far as performances go. And I guess we could transition over to the men's side. Well, which... I want to say real quick yep. for Wait, a woman. Hold on. Go ahead. Like when it comes to Jod breaking a world record deadlift, I think Joy held that for like five years. Something like five years. I, I don't. I do not know. I think I heard them say five years, and that's just a huge freaking deal. She's a junior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she came in and did that, and I was like, yes. And in training, yeah. she was just under it, and it was. I was scared because it was like her whole heart and soul. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I think she's gonna hit it on me today. She freaking hit it. Like yeah. that was incredible too. So I wanted to give her props for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, whenever a record stands that long, it's 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 impressive. And yeah, the fact she did it is crazy. And that, like we said, that battle is going to be uh, very very intriguing. Worlds now uh, to the rest of the men's side because we you know. Well, I was thinking about something else that's been like more than five years. What's last that, time Steve? CB's had a last time CB's had a birthday, and it's coming up next month, April sixth. I can't believe he has that weird thing where he doesn't have birthdays in five years. Yeah, so every weird. five years he has a birthday. April 6th is finally coming up. And I think That's we're, right. are we doing, we're going to do an Instagram live, I think, to celebrate it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, get the get the party going. And you guys should help him celebrate by going to leftlarbros.com and get all the merchandise they have available. They just dropped their new comp tees. They look fantastic. I love the color. You guys are going to love it, too. Use that promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on all Left Lord Bros merchandise. Cover yourself from head to toe in the best-looking powerlifting merchandise there is. Remember that promo code 2WL15. Use Orc15. Use Solana15. Save yourself some money on Left Lord Bros. And also, help CB bring in his birthday the right year. I think technically, how old did that make him? Like 20? Yeah, if it's every five years. Tw- I think it's 21. Because he's, he's awesome. about to be, he's over 100 now. <laughs> Great. Great. That's why, that's how he's able to keep his youthful, youthful vigor. Yeah. It, keep, his... it keeps him young in a way. I mean, he's still got, he's, he, yeah, he, he's, he's an interesting little feller. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, little feller. That, that tone was weird too. But uh, <laughs> you're, you're very good at making un- people uncomfortable. All right. On to the men's side or less of the men's side um, going for, uh, past Jesus. I think I have the hottest takes for this one. Um, let me ask you guys a question. Gavin Keiko, who had the better meat? The better meat was Gavin, yeah. based on the expectations. <laughs> that's that's well weird to say. Gavin. <laughs> that, well is that as, not a hot take? That's a hot take. Saying the guy that, who didn't win had a better meat. And I hate yeah, saying it, not, too. No, it's not hot, because we all agree. Yeah, but that's still a hot take to say, because normally I it pains me to say it. Because he did not win, he did not beat Keiko, and then I'm like, he had a better meet, and I, I, I feel and gross I think, saying it. I think, obviously, there was the overturned squat, which is debatable. I'm sure we're going to get into that. He, right, he had more on deadlift. Let's get into it now. But he, he had more on deadlift. Like, I think if I'll he had more. taken a smaller jump on squat and sunk it, and then he had another five kilos on deadlift, like, when we're talking about IPF Worlds, if I'm using just this performance, I may be picking Gavin. Now, with that said... Could we maybe call at this point Keiko one of the top three clutch deadlifters of all time? I, I squat me uh, deadlift needs to get on this. He's number yeah, one. on the men's side, he's one. Kim Walford is the only other person I can think of that can compete with him. I would love squat me deadlift to see if he can come up with a statistic for pulls for the win, but Keiko has to be up there. Well, I mean, pulls for the win, but I mean, anyone could pull for a win at any bullshit meet. Keiko's doing it everywhere. Keiko's yeah. doing it at Powerlifting yeah, no. America Nationals. 
USAPL Nationals, uh, Worlds, World, Sheffield. Sheffield. He's got it all. Like that's Everywhere. pressure's different. Pressure's different. You know, any any Jagoff can go in his high school at, at a high school uh, football game and lead a game winning drive. But Tom or Brady does it in the Super Bowl. EFCT World Championships. Did well, you pull for a win in that? No, I don't. I think I. I think I went one for three on one of my bed lists and won by like. 20, 20, 20 dots oh points and 20 Wilkes points. But, yeah, I missed 705 twice, and it didn't even budge off the floor, and I still won. So, yeah, I I mean, yeah. I mean, the the amount of clutch deadlifts Keiko has to meet, I mean, it, it's, it's it perils in comparison. Yeah, like, he does it on big stages. So, and, and also, he's not the deadlifter. The, yeah, I mean, he's, he's better deadlifter no, than Gavin. He's the venture, but, but, but he's a conventional puller that doesn't have things that go wrong. That's why he's a clutch puller. It was kind of crazy to see him miss a squat. Not gonna lie, it was weird to see. And yeah, squat it was a was miss. A little it was squat a miss, was a but yeah, you can tell that second attempt. I'm like, this is gonna be a grinder. I don't know if he has it in him. And um, the judges went two to one on him. So, you know, I, 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 within a fortunate call, but I think everyone had incredible sympathy for Gavin getting the squat two to one and then having it overturned. Yeah. And I'm gonna ask you guys. I'm gonna put it on the table. What did you guys think of the call? I think Angelo's supposed to go first here. I thought I thought it was high looking at it initially. Um, and I knew the challenge was going to come in. I'm like, okay, Flex challenged it. Whoever was in Flex's corner that day, uh, you know, Will, Tina, Grant, whoever was back there, Nina, uh, I thought they would challenge it. To find out it was a strength guys made me laugh. And I'll get to the amount of challenges the fucking strength guys – had that entire day at a point it's like hey guys calm down and have your lifters hit lifts before you challenge every single lift that's ever existed at this meet but i i have no problems with it it's it's like it sucks obviously but i if i was gavin i would be like okay flex challenge it that makes sense i know he does not like when people challenge it said on two white lights famous quote if you protest another lifters lift you're a bitch or it was it's a bitch move and it happened to him twice. Yeah. And this one, and this time it's, it's happened to him where actually he got it overturned with a lot of money on the line too. Like, that would piss me off and I would be more pissed off than it was the strength guys doing it. The fact that it was the strength guys doing it, it's like, dude, you just missed your squat. <laughs> the fuck are you challenging my lift for? Hit your lift. I'm If I'm going against a guy in my weight class and I'm battling out with him, like, and also it's for the best overall, I'm cool with it. But then if it's another guy, like, you're just trying to, you know, work out placing into the top three. It's like, dude, what the fuck? I get it. It makes sense. It's sports. But hit your goddamn lift. The fact, the, the lift that you were supposed to hit, that's like 25 kilos less than your PR. And it was just, I'm not saying Atwood through this challenge. It was his coaches. But, I'm like, I, that would have pissed me off. Definitely. I would have yeah. definitely shit-talked after that, like, the entire day. So I have yet to see a view that I could reasonably say yes or no, it wasn't depth on. Looking from the front, that was at low angle, so you cannot judge from the live stream view, albeit his third was not as deep as his second. But when I saw it, I wasn't thinking, oh, it's going to get overturned. And then immediately when it got overturned, we all just, like you said, we all assumed it was flex. And when and we I- found out it was not flex and it was uh taylor's handler it was interesting it was, just, it was interesting because i 
I, I went back and forth on this one because I am all for protesting. I do not think there's any issues with protesting. But how I relate it is like, how I describe it is, let's go back to Nationals 2022 uh, when I'm handling Sean. And Sean, when I'm handling him with squats, uh, the goal is to win. We're trying to beat Russ. If Russ had had a two-to-one third attempt, good, I would have went and protested it. If Angelo had a two-to-one good lift on a third squat, I would not have protested it. Partially because he's my friend, and I'm just going to be biased that likely when it's him, I'm going to be a little less like pushing to want to protest. But two, he wasn't kind of the one we were trying to compete against or wanting to compete against. I'm, I'm saying that in the nicest way possible because I'm not trying to dim- diminish Angelo's strength, and obviously he got second. But at that point, I wasn't. It, it, I wasn't trying to dilute Angelo. I was caring about Russ. Now, come third deadlift time, when we realized Russ was out of the picture and it's we're going against Gruden and Angelo, one, I went to go protest Gruden, but Matt Holden and Joe beat me to it. And then if Angelo had gotten a red on his third deadlift, I would have protested it no problem because at that point, that was who we were going against. So that would have been the, biggest the greatest thing- episode of Two White Lights ever if that got overturned. Yes. Easily the best episode ever. I, I'm all for so, yeah. what, okay, Steve, what I'm getting, I'm sorry. The, the last thing I want to say, though, is that that's where I'm getting to. If Taylor was looking at Jesus, it is kind of weird to me if you protest Gavin. If Taylor and his... Oh, Taylor's coach is not Taylor. If they knew they probably weren't in the picture for Jesus and they legitimately thought Gavin was their main competition, it makes a little bit more sense. Which, yeah. in hindsight, that's very possible because I don't think if Taylor hits his third squat and his third deadlift, he's not he's not competing with Jesus. He's competing with Gavin and John. So the the thing I'm thinking there is they kind of knew that that was their competition. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I, I want to throw a disclaimer out there that I'm totally fine with the challenges that were made. You know, it's it's live by the sword, die by the sword, like. I so if you if you have that challenge and especially with Gavin and apparently was it eight it was something like eight like they were getting challenge happy like eight hundred pounds I think was thrown onto that table uh, or eight hundred you know eight hundred euros or whatever the conversion is um, onto the table for challenging all these lifts that's a lot I, you know in football you get two and if you're not that's where I think there should be a limit if you're not successful with these challenges you lose your challenges and you lose money. Like that, I think would be a pretty good deterrent to you know the amount of challenges that were being thrown here. But I I'm totally fine with it. Also, it gives us a little something to talk about in good sports related drama. Because from my understanding, that you know there was a lot of challenges going on. There was some you know some shit talking in the warm up room, and I would be the same way. You know, you challenge my lifts every single two to, two white light lift I get. You challenge it. If I hit a three white light lift, I'm going to go right to you. I'm like, oh, challenge that one. Go to the scorer's table on that one. And then every single time they miss, I'm going to be in their ear. So it's a good sports-related thing to talk about. Um, at a point, though, I was getting just annoyed because everyone's like, everyone's messaging me like they're challenging all of Jesus's lift. I'm like, okay, Taylor, no one wants to see you fucking win by totaling 777. No one wants to see that shit. It's true. People want to break records. Like, Relax, guys. Let the judges do their job. And also, Steve, can you can IPF judges just challenge it on their own or the jury table? Yeah, the jury the jury can 
challenge it on their own, yes. Okay, so to an extent there, to a point, it's like, let these lifters walk away with their bag, and if the jury says something otherwise, let them handle it themselves, unless it's a head-to-head battle. Like, that's well, for a say, point. I should say I believe so. Yeah, don't, I don't want to go down as, like Steve said, that 100%. I believe there's been instances where they can overturn without having a protest. Yeah, I want a clarification okay. on it because I think that's fine because then it turns it you know takes the, the pressure away from the coaches to do that. But yeah, there's 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 an extent where a point where, or a point where I'm, I will get annoyed with it as a lifter, and I think eight is that is that a tipping point where at a I, at a point you're just saying, dude, hit your lifts, come on. Like, we're really getting to a point where it's getting a challenge. So, uh, and luckily, um, you know, those lifts were not overturned. So that's good, at least. And it is competitiveness, which is gives us something to talk about. And yeah, and we're going to have that, some 93 fun because Gustav seems back. Mm-hmm. Um, I will take the L on kind of counting him out. I said on a episode within the in recent times that I thought he kind of had lost touch with the top there. But with him at 880, Gavin at 880, and Keiko at 884, that, well, I guess we got we got another three way battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you know, it's a, another. It's a weight class that I have serious intrigue in. I love watching 93s. Set it with the wild cards. Give me the most 93s possible, and I will watch it. And as well as obviously, I, I don't want to discount Emil across the two. He came into this meet injured, and I think our our thoughts of him just kind of going for the bench record were correct because he he mm-hmm. wasn't a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 part was that. Yeah, that part was uh, pretty evident throughout the meet. Um, but you get the you get the wild card. Gavin Aiden showing up. You know, we were talking about chance for a long time. He has to pull out of the meets. Now it's Gavin's time. Now it's Gavin's time to shine. Now he. He somehow he, he crawls his way back in to the conversation that we were having in 2021 of him and Keiko going head to head. And now he's he's back and possibly to a lot of people, he's a favorite going into that into that battle. Dev, never count people out of this sport. I'm just not I'm not I'm not doing it. And I'm always careful to do it because I want to do it on occasion, but you just cannot do it. I should know too. Those little changes you can make in your training, getting the right coach, switching from squats to flats, that yeah, deadlift, word, yeah, makes a huge well, difference. I was going to say for for one of the other lifters, uh, well, we're going to talk about Delaney. That seemed to have a really big change on his squat, able to execute a squat on me day. Yep. So yeah. I'll execute all never, never count, Yeah. Well, he yeah. he was having issues with squats. Because he's too good of a squatter to miss a lot of those third attempts. He was missing – he missed third attempt at 2021 Daytona and missed um, at Worlds his third attempt squat too. So him able yep. to do it this time is pretty uh, pretty great. So, yeah, don't count people out of the sport. All right. If Ga- uh, I was going to say, if Gavin can just – if he fixes that squat, I want to see what happens at Worlds. We'll see what happens. Do- but- doesn't have to fix much. I mean, he's I mean, got. He, he needs got, to clearly sink it. He needs to clearly be butt on the floor. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but yeah. all right. So, what does that mean? So, you're saying he was unquestionable. He got depth on that one. It looked like depth to me, but I do know we we don't get a side angle, so like I can't be like it was definitely depth. But I was shocked that he gave him got one red light. Okay, all right, I was. Okay, well, there you go. 
I was not. I, I was looking at it, and I was like, it can go either way. I don't think I would um, bet an eye if it was if it was three white lights. I would have been like, oh, okay, interesting. But if it went two to one one way, two to way, two to one the other way, I wouldn't have been shocked. I think it was. I, I do think it was the correct call being made. Um, okay. But uh, I, I don't think. Well, he doesn't have to fix much, right? Like he is close, and. Good squatters are close. You ever notice that? The best squatters are close squatters on depth. Who has uh, undeniable? Name me one. No, best no, squatters in the world who are undeniable on depth every time. You're on mute, Steve. There's definitely got to be something. I can't think off the top of my head. Maybe Jamar. I mean, you don't, you, you mean <laughs> based on your point, you don't get Jamar. Jamar and Cobb, I never seen him get red light. That's the only yeah, way. I can he, doesn't, okay. he doesn't. He doesn't go. He doesn't go excessively deep, though. Like you're, no, you're, but you're, you're, you're leading to like going except. You're going to excessively deep, and no one really does because there's no you don't you don't get like brownie points for that, which I don't think anyone really does. But I'm looking no at the goes, best like, squatters excessively deep. The best squatters in the world who has the best numbers. None well, of does, them are. Does Leah ever get reds? No, but she, she doesn't squat? go except like no. She's not going excessively deep either. Like, no one's okay. going excessively I would counter, deep. though, though. I would counter, though, like, so the best squatters I'm thinking of, you know, even Jesus gets a lot of red light calls. Right. And he's, you know, a thousand pound squatter. Ray, a lot of, there's always debate on Ray's squat, you know, because a lot of it's two to one. Russ is probably, I mean, now that we see Jamar kind of on the rise here, Russ, I would consider the best squatter in the world, and he's notoriously close i.e. 2019 Nationals. He sunk it since, but he's close. He, he, he got he got called for, uh, it was an 8 for 9 meet in Korea because he missed his first up depth. So, oh, sure. Like, it's, you know, it's it's just a little change. It's not a big change. Like, and then people just start, and then they, they fuck themselves over by going super low under squats and completely messing up their rebound. Like, that's, that's the, it's not, the message here, guys, is it's okay to be close on squats. You know, it it, okay. it does it does benefit people, and uh, you know, this ass to grass squat is really not something that we see in powerlifting or uh, the hell was that um, that uh, that is needed. But all right, let's go. Option here: Do we want to talk about Taylor Atwood, or do we want to talk about Delaney? Delaney first. Let's go with Delaney first, because I think uh, maybe people are – because, I don't know, I think people have associated two white lights with negativity and maybe waiting for that. But, yeah, let's go Delaney first. Um, Delaney showed out, and this is why, you, like I said earlier, you can't count anyone out. He goes and establishes himself as the clear number two um, in the 83 kilos, but the clear number one now that Russ is in the USAPL. Clear number one. Like, going into it, he is the heavy favorite to win his second world championship, and not a lot of 83s have won two world championships. I don't know if I'd no. quite say heavy yet. Jurens is still close enough. 15 kilos is, is a heavy favorite to me. Anything over 10 is I heavy agree. favorite. I, I don't want, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I say heavy. But, I mean, he's definitely the number one. And he, we, we I mean, I was, yeah. I don't want to say Relative. I was a bit of a doubter, heavy, like with heavy is relative. I was a bit of a doubter because I basically was saying, like, I, I, I thought Delaney had about the biggest range. I thought 
840 was possible. And I thought 810 was possible. Like I, I thought a very big range was there based on how we saw him kind of show up and he showed up. I mean, he was a uh, couple inches away on deadlift uh, from hitting that 842 and a half. So he did fantastic. I mean, this is kind of, I mean, we, we thought this was coming last year because he seemed to be on that trajectory after hitting uh, 822, 825, 825 at Ron Nash 2021. Um, he seemed on this trajectory last year and just, uh, some things weren't in or the cards weren't kind of in place yet with everything. And they figured out what they need to do. And specifically, I mean, his squat was good, but his squats actually kind of in the same roundhouse. It's his bench and his deadlift that has kind of taken off. Deadlift, in particular. Yes. deadlift, deadlift big time. I remember competing with him at uh, the Arnold and he was talking about his deadlift and how he just wanted to do 700. Now he's really on the doorstep of set at 750. He has made really good progress. And we had a conversation. He's, he's figured out his deadlift. That's, that's pretty much it. He's learned how to deadlift. Yeah, I mean, I'll say, first of all, I had him at third place. So I did not have him underrated. But, yeah, he really showed out. Eight for, eight for nine, excellent day. I will say I tear off my eyeball when he got stuck in that third deadlift. I was like, oh my God, you're so close. Like a tear left my eye. I was like, no. But overall though, it was, I mean, head and shoulders above his last couple of performances. People were starting mm-hmm. to say like, oh, will he ever get back to like 2021 or 2020? Mm-hmm. What year was it? People, people were just Whatever. not putting him in a conversation. Exactly. Anymore. Just like, that was, that was the thing. Uh, Sean Jin had to eat a lot of crow and he's been very silent and I'm a little bit mad about that. He's talked a lot of shit and he's got to eat a lot of that shit right back. Because I, I mean, I might get a DM from him later, but he was definitely on the stories blasting Delaney and bringing up that, you know, the total that he hit wasn't as much as, or the total that he hit was more than the national champion last year. And Delaney hit that Carpino score quite easily and set it above and, you know, heavy is a relative term. I maybe I'll exclude heavy, but he is a favorite going in the world's uh, Jurens is definitely up there. But I think a 15 kilo difference between the two is, you know, you got a lot of lot of, coming from experience. You got a lot a lot of grounds make up. I say you got to be within ten. If you're not within ten, then it, it's it's very hard to put yourself in that position or other people to put yourself in position. But it's like the perfect Delaney Wallace meet though because. He's like, and I, people are asking like, why isn't more people talking about it? And I'm like, it, this is this is why, and it sucks. But he didn't break a record. He didn't break the record, and the meat was to break records. Yes. So that's it's just it's just how just how it happens. And it sucks. He's too well rounded. He's too well rounded of a lifter because he was not going for any individual records. He had to do it on his his total record and. You know, he fell short. So it's, it again, an unfortunate thing that happens in the sport, but it does happen. Also, the unfortunate thing is, like, if he was in the USAPL, we would be talking about him and Russ. Or if the Russ was in, or if Russ was in the IPF, we would most definitely be talking about it because we're talking about Jamar and Russ right now, right? And, you know, he went ahead a better performance than Jamar. So, you know, like, that's... uh. That's, I guess, the two unfortunate things. But if I'm being honest, I don't think Delaney cares. I do not think Delaney cares about getting attention after a meet. Never seemed to be within the things that he, like, worries about uh, post-meet is, man, they're not talking about me enough on social media. He's, uh, he, I mean, I'm not going to say he's low-key. 
He's about as subtle as a punch in the face. He salsa dances after lifts, and he has the most elaborate setups ever. So he's not like, oh, he flies under the radar. You never know. No, you see him on that platform. You see him on social media. He comes out at you, but I don't think getting the recognition he deserves is something that's too much of a concern. I could be totally wrong on that, but I think he's just a guy who wants to win and beat people. No, I agree. Not getting the posts. I think when you're saying he's a well-rounded lifter, and like he obviously is, because like he didn't go in for any world record individual lifts. That was why I had him ranked so high. I was like, he just needs to execute. He doesn't have to overreach on any list specifically. He just has to hit his numbers without worrying about. Well, a he had record. to. Well, he had to. Re- he had to overreach on a deadlift, though, in order to get that. Like he ha- he has to reach for that one, but now he's in a position where he can. Like his yeah. deadlift is now a good good deadlift. Like that's a you take. 330 plus into a meet, you're good. Like, you're good You're good on that lift. Um, so, yeah, very excited to see what he does in, what, 12 weeks? Something like or that. So. Yeah, and he has another yep. crack at that record. No, 11, well, 11, 10 and a half weeks. 11 weeks. Okay. Well, all right. Splitting hairs here. Okay. Natalie's 10 and a half weeks out. I know that. Okay. All right. Well, we're <laughs> Thank close. You, Steve. We're getting close there. <laughs> So, you know, world record total um, at Malta, potentially. And that would be huge. That would be huge if he could break Russ's record. And also, Cement, and I'm going to bring this up really quick. Team Flex had a statement today as or, uh, on Sheffield as well. You had Jesus, you had Amanda Lawrence doing her thing. You had Delaney kill it out there. Um, I And, you know, you've had him well represented there. So this Flex craft thing, it's split between federations. But it's still kind of cool. Flex dominates Sheffield. Marcellus dominates the Arnold Pro Finals. That's cool. It's true. I like that. Would like to see it just explode. Like actually meet. And I think that could be with Russ and Petrie. But I don't know. Based on you know what Russ has said. May, maybe that may never happen. Who knows? But maybe, well, maybe that'll be another discussion for another time. All right, Taylor Atwood. Seeing him miss a squat was crazy. That was weird. We've done that before. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I mean, he said, I think he has done it in the past. I've just never seen it. Like, i never seen it. And He has not was, missed a squat since 2015. Oh, okay. Since 2015. Okay, so that's, I mean, hell, I I definitely never seen him. I, was, I started watching powerlifting in 2019. So, yeah, I, I only thing I know is Taylor Atwood. You know, the thing that has been the narrative afterwards um, has been people are hating on him and people wanted to see him fail. And, yeah, probably when you have a subscription service for your top sets, when you talk a bunch of shit in social media, when you say you're going to dominate everyone at Sheffield – when you make a video about Bob after a meet, he mislifts in. People are going to hate on you after, or after the meets. And also, when your past three meets were sandbag meets, people are going to hate on you after a meet when you don't perform. He's handled it pretty well, minus things I could have called excuse-worthy, but it's just reality, not excuse-worthy. But I, I, the whole thing of... People wanted to see me fail at this meet. Like, you yeah. don't see the reason why 
that people wanted to see you fail? You don't, you don't understand why? Like, I, I think I've made this post before. No one in powerlifting has haters unless you act like a jackass. No one naturally has people not like them. It's once you start acting like a jackass is when people start liking you, and yet you talked a really big game, and that's why people are people are kind of dancing on your grave a little bit. You gave people too much ammunition to do that. Yeah. And you know who else was hurt at this meet who should have won or who we had favorite to win? Lyle. Lyle was hurt going into the meet. We know Taylor Atwood is battling injuries. The sandbag meets prove that. Lyle was hurt too, but Lyle wasn't talking a whole bunch of shit on social nope. media and being ultra annoying. And she beat world records anyway. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, she did, yeah, she did pretty damn well on top of that. But I, yeah. Um... That's my also, hopefully, hopefully when the can come from this is when you deal with something bad, there can be growth from that. Yeah. And when the bad is bad, it's bad. That's good. No, it's, it's not, good. It's, it's not good. good? No, it's good. It's good when the bad is yeah, bad. Yeah, because that, that's where the growth comes from because what's good no. is great. No, what is good yes. is great. That's the fact is. that you remember that verbatim is actually kind of alarming, but I do respect it. Okay. <laughs> He's got it. <laughs> yeah. The the Russell Wilson quote. You can I can tell people Russell Wilson said that. They'll be like, oh yeah, that's that's a Russell Wilson uh quote. Um But I just also, person- uh, Solana. I personally just don't understand how you can talk this amount of shit. Knowing you're disinjured and knowing training's not going well, like that's the thing that baffles my mind. I'm like, the training wasn't even going well. Like, why is your mouth this open? Like, <laughs> uh, because he had the easiest path to win, right? Because he had the world, the lowest world record to beat. He's demolished his own world record. He can have the third best beat of his life and possibly win, right? I mean, Jesus balled out, so you know it would have had to be the second best performance Taylor Atwood has ever done. So it looked like, and I, I, we said it too, right? I think he was a heavy favorite after Worlds, where like all he has to do is total eight over possibly 800 and he'll win this thing. Um, we, and you have to think that Taylor Atwood's good for it. And, you know, he's, he's a confident guy and possibly trying to you know, psych himself up and try to, you know, uh, you know, just uh, rely on the energy from the crowd and the momentum that possibly a taper could bring you. Um, but can we look at big picture right now? His last great meet was 2021. It's 2023. Yep. I'm not going to count out to anyone, and this is not a preface of me counting them out. Something needs to change, right? These sandbag meets are constantly happening because he's hurt. What's, I, I like, that's, I maybe, you know, Jason could come on, we can talk about it. What's happening? We haven't seen Taylor Atwood in Taylor Atwood form in a very long time, and it's because of injuries and because of setbacks. And then also, you see Laya as well, battling a lot of injuries, and we haven't seen Laya you know, kind of go off in a while, too. I mean, Worlds was a fantastic meet. I don't know, not Worlds, I apologize. Um, was the Arnold. Arnold. The Arnold meet. Yeah, the Arnold meet, because she misweighted. But, yeah, there's some injuries right now, and I... I... I, I want to ask that question. What is the big picture problem? And it's something needs to change. Thoughts? I'm waiting for it. I'm, I don't, 
it makes me it's interesting too because like taylor's best meet was 2021 i'm like wasn't that like right after covid like were you just like not training as much is that what it was you got to chill out well or something like what (laughs) well he had that monster meet too that's because that's because people forget about that one local meet he did that was amazing 812 october everything in the tank everything in the tank like his deadlift was so easy he almost threw it to the floor because it, it like everything was so damn easy for him and we've seen just him not really been himself because of a lot of injuries so i don't know like that is a concern not not so much i i think a concern of like okay and i'm sure they're doing everything they can you know i'm sure they're doing all that but um as a powerlifter myself, who's actually a fairly good one and a person who has went through injuries, the goal was, how can I not be hurt anymore so I can get back on track and lift weights? And I didn't have to sandbag meets. And, you know, I, I had regression, and it's going to happen to a lot of lifters, that you're going to regress me to me. But the goal and objective was, I'm in pain. How can I no longer be in pain and still hit good lifts? That was the goal. It's tough. And look what happened to Gavin. Gavin's under song now. That's the guy we call. Better call song. I, my knee hurts. It hurts too much. My hip hurts. It hurts too much. Me and Joe talk about it. Like what's John doing? See if you can help me. It's true. He's really close to world too already. So I'm like, will you get healed? Will you heal up? I don't know. I do not know. I want to see a, a healthy Taylor. I really do. Like Everyone he's not does. that old. Like he should still have a no. Well, that's years. what people are telling me that he's. People are saying to me he's washed. I'm like, he's not He's a healthy old. individual. <laughs> no, he's a healthy individual who's. I don't care. Two years ago, he told eight thirty eight. He had the best powerlifting performance of all time at that time. Don't tell me he's washed. He's not washed. It's, I think just, they they have to work around those injuries. And things will be good. Because, I, I mean, you know, Taylor Atwood has definitely gotten on my nerves in the past three months. And I still have a high degree of respect for him just because how good he is at the sport. Uh, but I'd rather, I'd rather see him do well than not well. You know, I think everyone in powerlifting wants to see him do well. I think Austin Perkins will want to see him do well. I don't think Austin Perkins wants to beat a crippled, hobbled up Taylor Atwood. I don't think he wants to do that. 777 well, total, we, Joe Bornstein could beat that. Well, we want to see that battle because too. we we never really, we not, never got to, I mean, if, even if we get it, we're never going to get a real Ray versus Jesus battle. It's, that's that's kind of done. I would I, I want to see a, a Taylor versus Perk battle with both of them at their best. Yeah, Going well, for years. If I'm well, well, I will say though, 2021, we kind of thought we were going to see that, and Taylor Atwood was too good. And just Perk had no no shot, mm. even though I think Perk was going into the meet at his quote unquote best. I think his training was looking really good, Perk. I just think that Taylor Atwood was just unbeatable. Not a single person was going to beat him that day. But um, I uh, that's that's my thoughts on Taylor Atwood. Take it. How you want to. My DMs are open. Whatever. All right. All right. What do we want to close with? Mikey? 
what did you guys think of Mikey's? We had a pretty close three-way battle with Emil, Mikey, and Abdul. Honestly, if if I'm going to say the person that surprised me the most was Abdul. Yeah. Because I think Emil and Mikey were kind of in the same wheelhouse we've kind of seen them in. They had they had good meets, but it wasn't anything crazy outside of what they've done. Abdul being within, like, striking distance of them with, what, like, two, three-week notice? Pretty darn good. It was. I yeah. really wish he had gone for the one, win on that last deadlift. And I get it. You're at Sheffield, 5,000 pounds in the line. But he overreached so hard. <laughs> I was like, I wish you just went for the win, which would have only been, let's see, a three eighty three like eighty five instead of like three ninety one, which didn't move. Yeah, but before. we we I mean but, we got ten and a half weeks. We might be talking about him pulling for a win over Emil and Mikey. It'll be interesting. Uh, Great Britain, make Britain Great Great Britain great again. Great Britain's got some excellent, excellent lifters. They're really coming onto the scene. That uh, the, the the podcast over there too. The podcast game is going to get stronger too if you have better lifters. I yeah. like. I'm liking what I see out of England. Their, their lifters are very, very good. They're becoming more competitive in other weight classes. For some uh, I reason, think Pete, in- I think Pete Spence is going to compete maybe sometime this year, and that's really going to elevate the there Great Britain go. game. It just just brings the dots points down like, considerably. <laughs> oh no! I, I I really think Pete's bringing five hundred dots to the table this year. Dead deadlift leverages. His training his training sessions have been going really well. Yeah, he like lost it's not, like twelve. It sounds like it's, it sounds like it sounds like you're coaching him. It does. Are you? I'm, I'm not coaching him. I just hear about when he works out once a month. Okay. <laughs> like literally, he just posted he lost like, twelve pounds. <laughs> Prepping Sheffield in the last month. Yeah, well, yep. I think I think you I think him for a sacrifice there because I think that yeah, just back on to Sheffield like the the I, I want to stress this again like maybe as a closing point in this episode unless you guys have stuff you want to talk about um like the forward thinkers in the sport <laughs> the forward thinkers were great and if the, if the IPF was just run by she- uh, SPD. I would heavily consider just going to the IPF. Well, no, we don't need the IPF. We need SBD to make their own federation. Yeah, exactly. Make it, and we can. Yeah, because that's like every good idea I see in powerlifting is like, okay, it's SBD related. Like nothing. I'm just like maybe maybe the colorways at times. Maybe that's the only like idea I disagree with, but I don't care because I don't buy into their stuff because I'm sponsored by Stoic, but. I yeah, like I, I was I was going through this scenario and I, I was talking to Steve about like what if Gaston stepped down, we just have a complete overhaul of leadership in the IPF, then would you join the IPF? And you know, of course, uh, the the hypothetical here is an uh, extreme hypothetical where everyone has to not be in leadership. We have to get people we don't even know as leaders. So no Gaston, no Robert Keller, and then that's really the only two people I know that it's like then. You remove Article 14. Would you join IPF then? It's like, sounds like a pretty good time. Yes. But then if that happens, right, I think USAPL never leaves IPF because then you'd have logical people allowing the USAPL to test local meat lifters the way they want. So we would live in that world where we can have local primetime meats that are fantastic 
collegiate nationals, that's always awesome. High school nationals, uh, pro series, and Sheffield. Imagine a world. I can only imagine. And, American, and the American pro that you could go to and not get banned doing. There you go. Yeah, and that too. Just so, it's a lot of great things that could happen in powerlifting. Um, and I think for not having enough forward thinkers is the only thing setting it back. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I guess that could be my closing thought, along with uh, Russ might go to the IPF in <laughs> in a year. Well, and so I'm going to say a thing for the, the whole thing about that. This isn't about Russ. The only thing, so we'll see. There's always recency bias. The only thing there is, like, if you decide you want to do Sheffield and you want to go to the IPF, that's a two-year journey. Unless it's a wild card situation, right? You said IPF. We have, we have precedent that we have precedent that the IPF wasn't really allowing that, though. Well, they maybe like it's, they weren't. They didn't allow Ray. They didn't allow Rondell. They weren't really allowing that, like extreme wild card situation of like people who competed in the past. Like right well, now, I mean, it's according a two to year, Gaston, according it, to Gaston, it's like a two year path to get there. Like you'd have to legitimately like change your, you'd have to spend two years of your powerlifting career trying to get to Sheffield at this point, if you are not currently in the IPS well, and going to that, Wolves this year. Well, there's that. And you know, that's, that's the, that's the precedent they set now, but maybe not next year. Right. Like, they can always change your things, according to Gaston, apparently, in a conversation. Now, this is um, allegedly, allegedly speaking, IPF has all the stars. So what bigger, you know, what bigger free agent would there be than, than Russ to give them truly all of the stars, right? It'll be, it'll, that'll be one of the biggest cash cows they can, they can have, uh, you know, compete in, in, under their banner. Um, my, my opinion on that is... I love the examples of powerlifters being the most short-sighted human beings of all time. It's just, it always happens. A power, like, I, I've been guilty of myself. Like, after Nationals, I was going to do power surge and do USPA meets just for fun, and I didn't end up doing it because Virginia Pro happened. It's like, you never know what's going to happen within that time. But, I mean, has, I'm trying to find what Russ is stuck to. As far as things he said he was going to do. Because I have the show as evidence. We'll find it's, out by what's on his TVs next week. Yeah. There you <laughs> it's go. Just, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's Gruden. <laughs> it's Gruden. It's, uh, it's Delaney now. I mean, Delaney has a YouTube. Maybe Delaney's YouTube is up, up, up on Corrupted. But, right, comes out, he came out to my light, said he was going the IPF route as soon as the split was seemingly going to happen or did happen. Doesn't go the IPF route. Said he was going to go and do bodybuilding, competitive bodybuilding. Didn't do that. So it's like, take it with a grain of salt when powerlifters think any time into the future. Yeah, I believe nothing now. Maybe. I believe nothing from I believe nothing from anyone until it happens because the amount of people that I have heard over the last two years that are going to go IPF or stay USAPL, the amount of people I heard that just did Sheffield that I supposedly were coming back to USAPL, and now I don't think that it's every single week we hear something different. Yep. Yep. We'll yeah, I'm trying not to say so. anything because I'm like, because like yeah, after nationals, I'm wide open to do whatever. But I'm not going to make any. I'm not going to say any commitments. I my ears are open after nationals. I'm I'm committed committed to staying retired. I I think that's are you? best. I okay. I am. Um, 
I don't know. I think there's a meet. I think there's a meet that Steve will bring you out of retirement. If that actually happens, maybe. But See? I don't know if that's com- I don't know if that's coming out of retirement though, because I wouldn't really like truly train no. for it. Let me. You better. I it's I don't know if we could say it. Oh my god. Well, we'll, we'll, greatest, we'll save it. We'll we'll save it. It could be it one of the greatest. It, it could be the, the greatest the, meet ever. Okay. Yeah, it could trump sure. Sheffield. This could be <laughs> um, Sheffield. Yeah, I I got more excited here about the ideas of this meet than really any meet. <laughs> and it's so ridiculous that I did. I was getting like all these great ideas. Yeah, it was um, it was uh, it's a great idea, and hopefully it happens. All right, you got a different story for us. Oh, we're doing it. Let me pull it up. Yeah. Well, we we're, we're on a kind of a streak now, so I think we got to yeah. do it just based on All right. uh, tradition. I, I, I'm, I'm going to start. There's going to be simple ones. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. I, didn't I do the super rich dude who bought 96 sessions last yes, time? Yes, did. Okay, I forgot to delete that one out. Uh... Okay, this is a simple one. I'll go with this. Yeah. So I had a, a trainer. This is actually a longer story than I even have written because I forgot about this. So I had this trainer. He was an interesting little feller. Um, way too You're, much energy. You really like that word today, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's my new one. It's my new yeah, one. Yeah, you, you haven't really done that. So I've got – actually, I need to add another one here too before I forget. Uh, Carlotta. Okay. I got I to gotta put that down. Okay. Uh, so trainer, interesting little feller, really high energy. Um, best way to describe him is a ninja just would jump around and do stuff and just interesting. So there's, there's three stories about him that are interesting. Uh, first one was there was one time I saw his client training and I'm like, where is Phil? I just said his name. Where is he? Like, I don't know where he is. Like, you're the client here, you're supposed to be training her, and she's she's there, but I don't see her trainer. I look up. Our ceilings were about 30 feet tall, and we had TRX straps that hung down from the ceiling. He had scaled the entirety of the TRX straps and was in the rafters of the gym training his client from the rafters. <laughs> Story one. Story two, a thing he he did often, the front desk we had was fairly old and it was custom made. It was glass, it had this glass countertop to it that was not cheap. That's circular, big circular desk. And he would just jump it. It was like five feet tall. Instead of going around it, he would just literally just jump over it. And that's not easy. That was very hard to do, um, which was proven because our 240 something pound bodybuilder trainer Thought he could try to do the same thing one time after this other trainer did it. And he smashed it. The entire thing. Smashed the glass, which apparently was over $5,000 to replace. Smashed a printer and a computer. Um, And then the same trainer eventually followed me to another gym uh, when I got transferred. And was doing pretty well. And I started noticing that he was having all these sessions in his calendar, but they weren't being charged in the system. Um, and I wrote him up for that eventually because I was like, you, you have to be charging your clients. You can't be training them for free because he, he was adamant. He was just training them for free. 
And it's kind of sketchy. Like, why are these, why are you, why are you just training these people for free? Like, I'm talking like if he's training 30 sessions a week, 15 of them are free. I'm like, why are you doing 15 sessions for free? And he was on probation for that. Because if you're understanding what I'm leading to, were those clients still being charged in other ways? He does it again. And I have no proof he's ever taken money under the table. But again, he's on probation for not charging clients. He does it again. I fire him. A week later, I get a call from the other gym saying one of his ex-clients from the gym he was at prior is in here with proof of handwritten checks to him, not the gym, for a promo promotion that was supposedly from the gym I was at asking... I was never given my sessions. Why are they not in here? And why are you not redeeming them? And him learning that, oh, you can't write a check personally to that trainer. Nice. Voila. Right. There we go. That was that trainer. All right. Which reminded me, actually, the next time I'll have even a, a even better one. Because there, there was a trainer in that same situation that was an actual lunatic. Like crazy, 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 crazy lunatic lady. Okay. Ooh. All right. Looking forward to that one. I have right, a we'll shameless plug. Um, Evie, John, and Carlina will be on the Powerlifting Podcast. So next awesome. week, everybody, be listening. I'm excited. Yeah, nothing shameless about that because I think a lot of people want to hear from them. And, uh, yeah, the uh, the female standouts at uh, Sheffield keep coming. And, yeah, I think um, a great platform for them. So, yeah, definitely be on the lookout for that. Yeah, that'll do it. For Two White Lights, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.